Peace and Honor. That is the title Rav Hirsch gives to his discussion on Lashon Hara. And before I open up with Rav Hirsch's breakdown of this mitzvah, this mishpat, this way of interacting with other people, I'm going to say something I suppose you could say slightly controversial. When it comes to Lashon Hara, we all open up the work that's known as the Chofetz Chaim, because it gives detailed descriptions. We have an individual, a great sage of the Jewish people, who took a topic that perhaps had been not emphasized enough and broke down a myriad of laws and subcategories and expressions of how one can work on this very important mitzvah. But there is a danger. Like any time we take something that has a broad perspective and we particularize it, we have the danger that we forget the overarching meaning of what this commandment is trying to do. Take, for example, why you're shaking lulav. Shaking lulav has a purpose behind it. It has a meaning embedded in it. If you spend too much time focusing on whether your esrog has a specific dot or not, and what type of lulav you have specifically acquired, you run the risk that you're going to forget the experience of shaking a lulav. A danger of focusing in on the particularities, your ability to take apart a commandment in the Torah and show how it has so many individual laws and individual components and you can work on this aspect of things and that aspect of things. You run the risk of forgetting why should you not speak Lashon Hara. Rav Hirsch draws our attention halachically to one chapter in the Rambam to really say, okay, this is the halacha, but then writes pages on describing the experiential side of what happens when you speak Lashon Hara. What is the root reason why you don't do it? Now the answer, because it's wrong, is good. But why? Let's, let's draw out the idea that we feel so intuitively, but articulate it. And this has been my personal experience where you can have people can spend many hours going through the particularities of this one dangerous sin and forget why they're doing it. So what we're going to do is something very basic. Rav Hirsch talks to us, what's the relationship to Lashon Hara and individuals? And he uses metaphor and he uses description and he uses very harsh language to describe what happens when a person engages in this um, form of slander. But on the most basic level, don't speak bad about other people because you make people think badly of them. And when you make people think badly of someone else, you change the image of that person in their mind. And this is how Rav Hirsch opens up. We have an image of ourself. And the way he phrases it is really very beautiful and real, if you will. It's not an ideal world that, as I heard it put once, my self-esteem and my self-worth, if I'm trying to build it or trying to appreciate it, the worst pace for it to live is in someone else's head. But that's the reality that which we live in. The way Rav Hirsch describes it is it's honor. Honor. Honor is often shunned. My honor of how someone else sees me, that is my honor. My honor, and it's an interesting idea because Rabbi Jonathan Sachs distinguishes between a guilt culture and an honor culture, but using the concept of honor in its most basic way, what does honor mean? How others perceive me. You can't have honor in a cave by yourself. You have honor through your relationship with other people, and they have an image of you in their mind. And whether we like this or not, we often judge ourselves based off how other people see us. And Rav Hirsch points out that this isn't ideal. 
A person who can have self-reflection and build up a genuine picture of himself through honesty and reflection, of course this is the ideal, but this isn't the world we live in. Most people not only see themselves through the mind of another, thereby Rav Hirsch draws out, their joy and happiness is in some way dependent on how others perceive them, but also, more importantly, peace. Your ability to unify with other people, the ability to join with other people, is dependent on how other people see you. Honor is one of the cornerstones to both joy and peace. And Rav Hirsch points out that if you rupture that, he focuses in on, once again, how much we're willing to do to not change another person's opinion of us. In private, in our own lives, we'll, we'll do things we shouldn't do. We, we won't be as committed to our task. But when it comes to how others perceive us, well, there, there, there I'm out in public, and obviously I'll hold up a certain veneer. I'll hold up a certain persona. Now, is that ideal? No. But at the same time, it's a reality. Rav Hirsch says the he who will not care about what he does himself, but when others are watching, obviously he's going to take more care. Now, a person can look at that as hypocrisy. Yes, there is an aspect of hypocrisy in every persona, but Rav Hirsch points out that must that might very well be the thing that is holding the person to the good path, that is holding the person to the life of virtue. And is that a bad thing? No. In an ideal world, it would be independent of other people's perception. But that's not the world we live in. We often have to grow out of that childish perspective where we are dependent on how other people see us. But you can't rid yourself of it completely. So when we say don't speak losh and horror, what are we saying? Don't kill a person's perspective of another in their mind. Don't rupture that image. It's not for you to do because you don't know the consequences of it. You don't know the other's dependence on that image. They may be very dependent on other people's perspective of them. You don't know. Thereby, you kill a person's vision of another. And consequences follow. Their joy disintegrates. Their ability to have peace with other people disintegrate. Not only because they feel their inability to connect, but other people don't want to connect to them. So Loshan Hara, as I said, in its most basic framework, is an image. And Loshan Hara, evil talk, ruptures an image. It ruptures the image of that person in someone's mind. Giving a little recap to this first point, because just to appreciate the different dynamics, we have Ruvain, and I tell Ruvain something bad about Shimon. Okay, now what has happened here at this first age? I now know that Shimon's perspective on himself can be ruptured. Yes, I, I, I changed the image of Shimon in Ruvain's mind. I ruptured it, I changed it, I destroyed it, and thereby Shimon now looks at himself differently. The thing that was holding him to virtue, which you don't know, you don't have the God perspective to be able to appreciate what motivates people. His whole feeling of self-worth could have just been drained because he was holding to it because of how people perceive him, his honor in the eyes of another. Now, this isn't ideal. As we said, my self-worth shouldn't be living in your mind, but it's a reality. And with time, we're expected to grow out from this, but these are the first stages in moral growth. We first grow because we want to be perceived as a certain type of person, and we grow out of it by commitment to virtue itself, to Hashem's will itself. But these first stages are okay. They're a reality that we live in. And you rupture a person's image in the mind of another. But not only that, 
not only from the point of view of Shimon, now, now he's been crushed, Ruvain as well. You destroy the possibility of peace. You sow hatred. You sow dislike. You sow distrust. You lose the ability to be friends. You take away Ruvain's ability to be friends with Shimon. You take the greatest blessing that we say God's name is associated with, peace, and you stop them being friends. You did that. You stop the ability for them, and it can be something small, and you don't know the same way. You don't know what Shimon's commitment or how hard he holds to how Ruvain perceives him. You don't know that. You also don't know what it will take for Ruvain to distance himself from Shimon. This is what Loshan Hara is. It affects the one who does the talking, it affects the one who's heard it, and it affects the other. And there's so many metaphors that come into play, from arrows to poison to the snake. But without getting into all that, Rathash talks about how each of these people become degraded through the experience. That's, that's Lashon Hara. Why don't we do it? We don't do it because of that. Now, how do you prevent it? Rav Hirsch gives us practical advice. The first point, danger. When someone's in danger, when someone is in genuine danger, and here's the point, you often know when that's the case. Rav Hirsch speaks about how this is like the, one of the most important struggles of his generation, and it hasn't changed. When when you, when you talk about speaking bad about another, Rathersh points out, even if it's true, you know when you shouldn't be doing it. And when it's, there's danger involved, or severe loss, or a reason why you think you actually might need to do it, feel where the pressure is. Is the pressure to do it or the pressure not to do it? Where's this desire coming from? Often we know when it's genuine danger, and thereby we have to say what we have to say, or whether it's coming from somewhere else. We often know, and you can ask your local Orthodox rabbi for guidance, but we often know when we're doing it for the good or we're doing it for evil. And Rav Hirsch says, you, you can say that, I, it was just, just words. Yes, it's just words. And Chazal have very harsh things to say on people who just use words fleetingly. Because you have a weapon, you have something very sharp. Or perhaps let's phrase it as a tool, something beautiful and profound, your words, but such danger they can wrought. So the practical advice Rav Hirsch gives us in how to develop away from this. The first is to appreciate its root. Why do we speak Lashon Hara to begin with? It's a harsh um, well, description of the root. The first is because we feel insignificant. We, we feel that we're small. And because we feel we're small, we speak bad about others. And just another very practical, you're bored. You're bored. You've heard the phrase, people speak about people, people speak about things, and people speak about ideas. If you're bored and you feel insignificant, you're not going to speak about ideas. You're going to speak about people. It's easy and it's fun. It's like social media. It's like scrolling through a video on TikTok. It feels good, it's easy, and it's quick. Speaking about another person is easy, it's quick, and I feel like I'm doing something. That's the first core of why we do it. And that leads to the second point. It rises me up. I'm bored, I feel low, and speaking rises me up. So, based off this principle, how do you prevent it? How do you move away from it? And once again, these ideas are so grounded and so basic. 
the response is kind of the inversion. Know your purpose. Learn. Study. Appreciate you have value. Appreciate that you are in this world for a purpose. Simply speaking, in the Talmud Torah, learn that you are here for a reason and here for a purpose and you have a calling. And also recognize your insufficiencies. Humility. Humility is a cure for lash and horror like nothing else. Recognize your insufficiencies. Recognize you're not the judge of all mankind. Recognize who you are in relationship to your goal. And that'll give you a pause. So, why do we do it? We've, we're bored and we feel insignificant. How to prevent it? Recognize you are significant, but in the context of humility. So to sum up our points, we're trying to prevent Lashon Hara. We're trying to stop ourselves speaking Lashon Hara. We're trying to encourage our community. How do we do this? We recognize what we're doing when we do it. We dismantle honor and we reduce the possibility of peace. We rupture the image of another in someone's mind, and thereby we affect that person in ways we have no idea. But more than that, we affect how other people perceive that person. And we have no idea what it will take to completely change how another person interacts with a, someone else. We don't know that what the phrases that will matter, the phrases that won't matter, Thereby, we have to recognize the weight of what we're dealing with and what that says about us. Who, what are we doing when we do this? When we speak Lashon Hara and we recognize what we're doing to the first person who's listening and what we're doing to the person it's being told about, when we reflect on the weight of that, it should terrify us. And how do we prevent it? How do we move away from it? We move away from it by recognizing why we do it. We do it because we feel insignificant and because we're bored. Good social media parallel works perfectly here. People get addicted to social media and TikTok and whatever, YouTube shorts, because they feel a little bit rubbish. Often, ironically enough, people watch motivational videos and somehow that makes them feel more significant, but they do it because they're bored and they feel insignificant. How to, how to, how to, how to build this up? How, how to change? Recognize you have a purpose. Recognize you're here for a reason in the context of humility. And those two together give you the armor and the, the ability to withhold from this genuine temptation to speak Lashon Hara. As always, thank you for your time.